Buy your merch at madeitinc.myshopify.com. Any questions or concerns, send to timewestshow83 at gmail.com. COVID-19, elective surgery coming to a halt. Today we speak to Justin Kirby, a Johnson & Johnson device cell representative. He'll give us the ins and outs and everything we need to know about COVID-19 as it pertains to orthopedic surgery. So right now we're on episode 11 of the Tom West Show. Today we got a expert guest and everything devices, especially when it comes to orthopedic surgery. Um, without further ado, Justin, what's going on today, man? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate you taking out the time. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, this show right here is right on time, mostly because, you know, in California, especially in the Bay Area, I think they did a little bit down south, too. They just stopped all elective surgeries until, <clears throat> like, January 4th or something like that. Yeah. So, unless it's something pressing or it's an emergency right now, they're not doing it because they got the COVID things, like, overrunning the hospital. What First, before we even get into it, what's your take on that? this COVID thing and how, with the hospitals and um, how they handling the situation. How do you feel about that? Well, first and foremost, COVID is, is, is a real thing. You know, it's really affecting a lot of people's lives. It's really affecting healthcare in a, in a lot of different ways. And, and it's a complex issue, you know, that has, that doesn't have an easy, uh, that doesn't have an easy answer or easy solutions. One is um, uh, the, it's called PPE, the personal protective equipment that everybody mm -hmm. wears. Mm -hmm. So in surgery requires a lot of PPE to just to, just to complete a, a routine surgery, whether you are just fixing a broken finger or you're um, putting a total joint in a knee or you're fixing. That's an issue, right? Is that that's an, an issue, issue right now? Getting the, uh, the PPT protection, uh, PPE, uniforms, yes. every, every PPE, everything yeah. you need. That's the issue yeah. right now. Right. So that, that is an issue. Yes. That being the issue, we went through this issue the first time, right? Back in March. We, mm -hmm. we, we seen a surge in New York, right? What happened there in Italy and across the globe. So my thing is, I don't understand why we couldn't get it together. Because we knew it was a second surge coming, right? Because we kept talking about it. Yeah. Kept hearing about it on the news, right? The whole time. A second surge is coming in the wintertime. Blah, blah, blah. And now they're saying the hospitals are overrun, right? So the hospitals are overrun. My thing is, well, you got all these schools and gymnasiums that nobody's using. Why didn't we just repurpose this? I mean, we knew this was coming, right? We did. But, I mean, again, it's more complex than that, you know? I mean, you, you're still going to need, um, besides PPE, you're going to need all the, all the life support systems for COVID, obviously. Well, you know, in California, they have people in the parking lot. I mean, yeah, but it, I mean... <clears throat> School, a school, a gymnasium, anything better than that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, anything is, but you know, I'm not. Again, I'm not. I'm not a COVID expert. I, you know, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not the one. I just wanted to, to get your thoughts on it. That was it. Figured I just think that you know, I, I, they one is we outsource a lot of that stuff. That mm -hmm. that's that's a problem. I, I noticed that even I, so. I part of my job is I have to turn. I have to change every hospital I go to and every OR I go to, I have to change into some personal protective equipment. I have to put a mask on. I have to put a bouffant on, which is a cap. Um, and I have to change into a set of scrubs that does, that's not, you know, touch the outside world. Cause I'm entering and a sterile environment. So, okay. So that's even now. So you selling, uh, medical devices that, uh, basically doctors use, right. Surgic surgeons use to do operations, right? Like knees, joints, anything like that. That's what's Correct. going on. Correct. Well, I, I sell my field is I'm in I'm medical device sales mm -hmm. and, I, and my specialty is orthopedic uh, trauma and sports medicine. 
So pretty much the best way to describe it is I work with about maybe 20, 25 different orthopedic surgeons. And in a surgery, I act as a caddy would to a golfer. It's my job to place the right club in his hands for the right situation to, to get the, op the most optimal outcome that he's trying to achieve with a patient. So I'm like a surgeon's caddy. That's the best way to describe it. Okay. And, yeah, so you have to have some type of, uh, you have to know some sort of uh, biology, right? You have to know how the body, how, well, at least how these joints, right? These joints and these muscles, how they tie in together, how this equipment Correct. is going to be used. Yes, I have to know there's a clinical aspect of it. So I need to know anatomy, physiology, uh, how healing works, um, how certain devices interact with the body, whether it be a metal, whether it be a biocomposite, which is something that's absorbable that can turn into bone, or whether it be a polymer, which is a plastic. So those are the three types of materials um, that are implanted into the body in orthopedics, and, and each can cause a different reaction or a different outcome um, within the patient. So it's my job to make sure that uh, A, I know all the materials, the things that are made of, and right. B, how to actually deploy that in a surgery into a patient. So when the surgery is happening, are you looking through a screen? Are you on, are you next to the patient and the surgeon or what's going on? No, no, I, I'm, I'm in the OR room. I'm in the suite. Um, I'm literally <laughs> a, a foot away probably from the patient. <laughs> Okay. Uh, maybe two feet away from the surgeon at all times. <laughs> and there's, uh, so any operation, whether it be surgical or even military, requires a team of people. So the, the team encompasses, there's anesthesia, who is pretty much keeping the patient on life support, you know, while they're asleep. There is the... Uh, even now, though, even during COVID? What, even during COVID. Is um, it, does anything change? How, how does that look when you have this team in this room doing surgery? Is it, is it, does it look different now? Does it, feel it doesn't different? look different. No, it, it's still the same. The team is still the same. Um, all these, all these people in here are integral pieces in, A surgery can't happen <laughs> without all of these individuals, okay. including myself, even though I'm not actually doing the surgery. I'm the one who brings the implants, bring the trees. A, sur a surgery won't get done if there's, if there isn't a person like me delivering the instrumentation, delivering the implants, right. You know, so uh, you beforehand. feel safe, right? Pretty much, uh, you feel safe. Is everybody think, tested uh, before this happens, or how does that usually work? No, no, no. I don't think. No, not everybody's tested. Uh, okay. Not, not necessarily. Some people. Some. Every facility is different. So I go into mm -hmm. like twenty different hospitals. Mm -hmm. But I think going into a hospital, to be honest, is safer than going to your local grocery store. Mm -hmm. um, for one, everybody's funneled through one entrance. Um, they have screens that take your temperature as soon as you walk in, mm -hmm. and and stop you and flag you if your temperature is too high. Right. Um, you, you have to do a, uh, a, uh, contact tracing. As soon as you come in, you, you pretty much, you have to sign an affidavit stating whether you have, you left the country, have you, uh, in, encountered anybody that has COVID, right. are you exhibiting any symptoms? And you pretty mm -hmm. much, you have to sign that saying that, you, you know, attest to, to, to that being a true statement. So, um, so what they put all those checks and balances and then on top of that, you're wearing a mask and on top of that. Um, you automatically, the first thing you do when you walk is you get hand sanitizer or wash your hands before you even enter into the hospital. So um, I think hospitals right now, they, 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 they have it. It's safer than going to your local grocer. It's safer going to, you know, to Walmart or CVS or anything right now. They have it pretty much dialed in. Yeah, they have their protocol is a lot better than you would say your local Walmart, right? Where there's yes. a thousand people in the store at one time. And, yeah. You don't know where anybody's and been. And... They spray it down and the mask yeah. is like under the nose and all that type of thing. Yeah, I get that. Correct. That's, yeah. that's usually what happens. Mm -hmm. So these are uh, the uh, equipment that you sell. How does this, um, how does it get from 
you after you sell it to the actual hospital? What is it, a manufacturer that actually brings this machinery in or that it, it ships from or how does that work? No, 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 it's not like that. It's 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 comes in um uh, we have a where uh, we have a distribution center, like kind of okay. like a warehouse. I right. personally <clears throat> Um, all these things, all the implants for you, that you need in orthopedics come in individualized, sterilized. And, and you're saying bodies. hips, right? You're saying when somebody gets a prosthetic hip or a prosthetic <laughs> knee, anything, right? Shoulder? A anything, correct. Okay. Anything, shoulder, knee, whether you sell the screws and the buttons to fix the ACL or the anchors that, you know, um, help uh, heal tendon to bone, like rotator cuff or a labrum repair, you know, like a lot of pictures get. All of that stuff comes in, in individual boxes that are sterilized for anywhere from that are sterile for up to five years. So okay. they have a shelf life individually sterilized for five years. On top of that, there are what we call uh, instrumentation trays, sets. They have hammers and, and drill bits and drivers and, and you know orthopedic surgery is just like a lot of like home depot stuff right you know, so you, all this equipment is sold to the actual hospital by whoever right a, some a of it sold or how does that happen um some, some of it is sold some of it the, the hospitals own they have it that we call it consignment or they keep it on the shelf okay. so some of the equipment is owned outright by the hospitals most of the time though we have to bring it in so we have our own sets and that, you know, we, and, and the thing about elective surgeries, we, we know versus um, an acute procedure, like, you know, someone getting in a car crashes, we know that when the surgery is going to happen. So that's the major difference between elective surgery and any other surgery and, and trauma surgery, trauma yeah. surgery. We don't know when it's going to happen. Elective. We have, head, uh, we have a head. You're start. ready, we, right? Your head starts. So what ready, happens yeah. during trauma surgery? Are you able to, Get on, get in on that. Are you able to observe with the team, or is that something more like just they just go in and whoever's there, whoever they can piece together, they just piece together? Um, no, no. It's like the the surgeons have they have trauma call, so mm -hmm. there's everybody. There's right. an orthopedic surgeon that's on call twenty four seven. Are you on call, or is uh, anybody like yourself yes. ever on call for, for yes. trauma surgery? Okay. Yes, yes, I'm All on right. call sometimes for, for trauma surgery, um, but there is there's different levels to trauma surgery. So I predominantly work in like a level three trauma center. So that means, say, you know, Johnny Boy is out skating one day and falls off and breaks his ankle. That's not an emergency surgery. That could that could go into an outpatient surgery. You can wait a day or two to have that surgery. Right. But level one is, you know, um, you're, you're driving at midnight and you hit a deer and your car flips over and, you know, you broke your femur, your tibia, your fibula, and you need emergency surgery right away or you're not going to walk again. So that's a level one trauma. So level one is on call. Level one is so say that incident happens, it starts a chain of events. The chain of events is, you know, the ambulance is calling the trauma center saying, hey, we got X, Y, Z coming in. Uh, this is this is what the situation is. The, the trauma orthopedic trauma scheduler gets notified. The scheduler relays that information to us reps saying, hey, we have a we have a case coming in right now. So that's yeah. So someone like yourself, would you be able to are you sitting there? You're there right in the surgery during correct. the surgery during calling. Surgery. Are you calling shots? Are you telling the surgeon? What are you actually, um, are you narrating or are you dictating? Like, what, what are you actually, uh, what's your conversation with the surgeon about the material and the, the device that he's using? Um, several conversations. So, obviously, the, the surgeon is the, it, it, like I said, using a military frame of uh, vocabulary, the surgeon is the general. 
Mm -hmm. he, he calls the shots. He, he, mm -hmm. You know, I'm mere, and I'm an analyst and a technical advisor. So sometimes I only speak when I'm spoken to, and he could be in this, he could just be doing his thing, and I'm just in the background. If something comes up, or he may not know a certain angle or a certain length for a certain screw or a certain material, something, then he'll ask me a question, and I'll answer the question to the best of my ability. Okay. If I don't, yeah, if I don't know an answer, I'll tell the surgeon I don't know the answer, but I'll, I'll look it up. You know, is there ever a point that you get to and say, you know what, I think you, I think you went too far with that screw, I think you went too deep with that rod? Is that ever a conversation? Uh, I mean, it's a gentle conversation, you know, sir, like, again, you never want, you, you never want to, uh, outshine, you know, the surgeon or the king, but you, you offer your advice, you know, when it's given, you offer it in a polite way mm -hmm. to not, you know, talk down or make, make it seem like, you know, the surgeon doesn't know what he's doing. But, um, yes, yeah, so there's been times where, you know, I've, I've caught things like he could have, you know, he, 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 people could be in a rush or things could be happening and. I, I've that's kind scary, of like, right? Yeah, that's scary. Like Somebody's in a slow, rush. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, slow things down and say, "Hey, listen, this is what we're doing." And he's like, "Oh, thank you." You know, so I'm just pretty much an extra set of eyes and ears just to make sure everything goes smoothly. Right. And you know, nine times out of ten, everything does. You know, it's my job just to be prepared when things don't. Yeah. So you're the expert on a device, right? So since on, you've on been a, devices, on yes. the device, yeah, expert on mm -hmm. the device, which is obviously you need it, right? Like a hundred percent, definitely during surgery. What happens when um <clears throat> have you ever had situations where uh the doctor is um just doesn't, you know, it's not complying or you, you slightly suggest something and or a doctor like maybe doesn't fix what he needs to fix, or maybe even this doctor is a two this is like a two, three part question. Or a doctor leaves something inside that shouldn't be inside. Is that ever a conversation? Do you see that? Uh, no, no, no. They, there's a lot of checks and balances. I mean, at the, you, at the beginning of every surgery, we do a timeout, you know, so everybody t pauses, they stop, you know, and we make sure that we're, you know, we're operating on the correct side of the body. We have the correct patient and we're doing the correct procedure. And we go down the line, starting with anesthesia, starting with the first assist and then the circulator. And then lastly, me, we're all in agreement that, that this is what we're doing and this is why we're here. So there, and then we, there's also, there's checks and balances. They count all the materials beforehand and everything has to be accounted for at the end of the case before the patient gets closed up. So there's, there's a system of checks and balances that are in place to avoid um, uh, human, natural human errors, you know? Um, but yeah, again, no doctor goes willingly trying to leave something in or harm somebody. Or oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Completely. I'm not saying yeah. willingly. I'm mm -hmm. just saying, yeah. you know, <clears throat> you always hear these stories about some stuff gets left behind. I wonder if that's a, since the team is in the room, is that checked? Do we see that? Or is that just like, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's checked, it's checked. And then there's a board actually that keeps account of all the needles, of all the gauzes, of all the materials that's used. And pretty much this is basic accounting. So at, at the start of a case, we know we know what materials are in the room. And at the end of the case, uh, that th those books have to balance, you know, before the patient gets closed up. So they have it down to a science and I haven't seen anything or like any like anything crazy mm -hmm. like that in my five years of doing this. Right. Well, that's good that you haven't seen anything crazy in, in your years of doing this. Because, I mean, I've um, seen stuff crazy. I've seen some crazy stuff, but nothing like you've seen stuff that could be fixed, right? Fixed, yeah. yeah okay, right. That, of course. That's well. That's good that it can be corrected. Yeah. So the next thing I want to ask, let's say somebody like myself need to go in and, and have a knee surgery, and um, and obviously, you know, I knew you. Yeah. Is there a way that would the surgery be smoother? Would it be less of a cost, or what would happen if I knew you and I just said, look? Look, Justin, I need you to um I'm going to have the surgery. Can you come in? 
can you recommend me some type of devices or is there like better device is there better devices oh yeah that's a good question or, you know uh, there's a um, there's nothing that I could do, you know, I, to me, as the medical advice rep, I have no type of interaction with the patient. You mm -hmm. know, I come into the room after the patient's asleep, mm -hmm. draped, you know, and I, I don't I don't touch the patient. I have nothing to do with that side of it. But um, uh, yes, I mean, I, I, I can tell people I can advise friends and family on, on if say they hurt their knee on the best course of action. But as far as like using our devices, that, that that's totally like up to the hospital. I have no, I have no say in that. There's no like hookups I can do or anything like that. The most I can do is if it happens to be in my area, I can, what I do is I refer, you know, some good surgeons that I work with and, and then let them, you know, go about that course. But there's nothing I can't like just give somebody the implant and then take it to the surgeon and have them like install it. Oh yeah, I can't come right. to you and say, "Listen, no. let me get, nah, let me get, this, nah. let, me get <laughs> let me get this half off. I'm gonna take it over here." So nah, that's a, that's a that's Valley a big Medical conflict, Center, man. I'm let you, okay? Yeah, I that's a big conflict. Yeah. Just had to throw that out there. Yeah, so, we're trying though. We're trying. <laughs> you're trying. I know. I mean, you got to get you got to get right direct to consumer, right? That's yes. that's always the, that's always a play when it comes mm -hmm. to this. So what what would you say? So the company you work for, would you say how would you even though I know this is probably biased for you to answer, how would you grade your equipment compared to the other, uh, your competitors? Um, that's the thing about, one thing about healthcare and is that uh, competition leads to innovation. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people want to go the uh, Medicare for all route, which I'm, I pretty much have no, you know, no skin in the game on that. Um, but one thing that I've learned in my five plus year device career is that, um, it's competition that, 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 uh, a rising tide lifts all ships and that the competition forces other companies to step their game up and make more innovative, life-changing quality products so that people heal right. faster, mm -hmm. uh, rec people recover faster, the surgeries are quicker. Um, there's no, um, there's less, um, infections. There's, it's just overall better healthcare experience. And I, that's one thing that I've just seen in my career is that, is that only competition creates leads to that innovation. So, but to answer your question, I, I, I'm fully stand by all my products. I, I'm very, very happy uh, in my role right now. I'm very happy with the, I truly believe my products are life-changing. I've been able to see, um, patients, um, from the time that they had surgery to the time that they fully recovered. And it's just very rewarding to see uh, products work as advertised and they fix, you know, what, what could have been, you know, a life-changing uh, injury um, to a patient. And now they're able to live a more active and normal life because of uh, my efforts in part because of my efforts, obviously I'm not the only one, but it, it's very rewarding. So yes, I, I firmly believe in, I think my products are as good, if not better than any competitors. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure <clears throat> that, um, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're very good products. So when you actually have to reach out to somebody, right? You have to reach out to I don't know who you usually reach out to to actually get your product inside of these uh hospitals. You reach out to a, a director or something, or is that how that usually works, or do you reach directly out to a surgeon? No, actually, it's it's probably a mix of both. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of you have to realize uh, one thing about medical devices: these products are needed. Like there's 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 this is a very um, um, elastic industry. Mm -hmm. Meaning that there's there's always going to be a need for what we do. People are always going to fall down and break something. People are always going to get hurt. There's always going to be a need for it. But that being said, you know, most surgeons, they're coming up through residency. And then if they go into like an orthopedic fellowship, 
they uh, they train on our products. So they probably know our products as good, if not better than the reps do by the time they're starting their own practice. So uh, right. surgeons <laughs> call me and say, hey, I need X, Y, Z. Can you bring it? I used it before. I just need you to bring it to this facility for this surgery on a specific day. So it, it could, some part of it, you know, product sells itself. Right. And then, right. Go ahead. Go, so, and then you, and then you have uh, people that were raised on competitive products and don't even know mm-hmm. what we have in our bag. So it's my job to, you know, get in front of them, whether it be before surgery or stop by pre COVID, I used to be able to go by their clinic and, you know, bring them some lunch maybe, and just, you know, sh- show them our bag of products, pretty much a whole suite of products to, that that they use to um, that they could use for their operations, and if they like what we have to say, they'll they'll put a case on the board and they'll let us know, and then I'll bring all the equipment and cover the case. And if they're happy, then there'll be a conversion. If not, they'll go back to you know what they were were using before. But so it's twofold. So one is comp- surgeons that are already using competitive stuff, and the other side is surgeons that are already using our stuff, and uh, they just want it available at whatever facility. Uh, that they operate at, and it's my job to just bring it in for them when they need it. Right. Yeah, I understand that. Um, that makes sense. So the next thing I want to go into is uh, technology, AI. So as you, you know, through even through your five years, when it comes to technology and surgery and obviously devices, have you seen a uh, the trend? Is the trend going towards not having surgeons, having AI technology or robots actually um, – demonstrating or actually performing these surgeries there are some robotics uh surgeries like um in in what we call so in orthopedics there's there's three different distinct excuse me three different distinct silos the first silo is is is, uh trauma that's when you fall down you break your leg you break a bone you, you have your bone sticking out or something like that you break your hip you have a fracture of some kind that needs to be, you know, placed down with plates and screws. So that's trauma. Then you have sports medicine, which is anything soft tissue injury related, like an ACL. ACL you see yeah. football players, mm-hmm. you see rotator cuffs, you see pictures with lab rooms, you see Tommy John surgery for elbows, things like that. You see a torn ruptured Achilles. You know, like those are all soft tissue ligament and tendon issues, tendon uh, injuries that need to be, you know, fixed. And then the last silo is um, total joints, joint replacement. And that happens, you know, when you get, uh, as you age in life and you start getting arthritis and you get arthritic and de- you have degenerative issues with your bones and the cartilage is not there anymore, it has to get swapped out, you know, for a, uh, a metal hip or a metal knee or a polymer knee or a polymer hip. But uh, what I'm getting at to answer your question about AI is that in those three silos, uh, there's only robotic surgery right now presently in the total joint space meaning that oh yeah there's only robotic know. surgery so there, there's there's actually no physical there's no human beings performing surgery in and these uh no there's instances there is, there, no, is? No, there is there is but robots uh, there's robotic technology that exists that you know um pretty much what it's done is you have to cut um you have to cut the bone in um a certain a certain way and the and the they have technology that helps make sure that those cuts are clean and those cuts are level and those cuts are aligned. So it just helps with the cuts right now. And and that's the only uh, silo that has any type of robotics in it right now. But there's uh, there's different fields in surgery that are using robotics. They use robotics right now for for, um, gastrointestinal, um, to remove cancers, prostates, Mm -hmm. 
things of that nature, they, they use robotic surgery uh, for that. But um, unfortunately, I'm not too exposed to it, just doing, just being an orthopedics. But another, another area is a medical device. Yes, right. AI is flourishing and it is, it's being used um, day to day and, and uh, it has a lot of good benefits. Right. And I'll say that to bring up the uh, question of your position, especially when it comes to AI. Do you see another five, 10, maybe 15 years? Do you see a need still for your position to actually stand inside of a operating room to tell this human being or AI, oh, you need to, you know, come up a little bit or that screws that went too far or are you checking for this? Do you feel like your position will ever have a fade due to technology? That's a good question. Um, I think at the present moment, I can't see. Uh, there's too many things that, that are done behind the scenes that don't require robots for reps mm-hmm. to be phased out. Mm-hmm. I think I think just due to like the COVID situation and things like that, they're going to start limiting. Can you name one? Uh, name one or two things that's done behind the scenes that that couldn't be. That's definitely has uh, to be done by human being. Oh yeah, in order. Well, first and foremost, you have to you, you have to move instrumentation, and these are these are very specific instruments that don't necessarily live at the hospital. So you have to you have to move trays and 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 stuff you know literally like right. stuff from point a to point b you have like not every facility has the same thing you know not all hospitals are all standardized they all have, you can't just go on the shelf and, and and pull it off and say hey oh, this is what i need for this hip surgery it doesn't work like that um sorry we can also, throw that we can throw that in an autonomous car right we can throw that in a um, car that's right and we can, no. we can we can get that shipped to the uh we can get that uh delivered right to the hospital yeah. maybe but the hospital you have a hospital staff that has no idea what we do so right. it would be okay they, they, they just can't just you just can't get some geek off the street say hey go pick up you know these acl sets that right. are specific to this patient and, you know, move it over. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, not yet, but um, I'm not, not, I don't, I can't see reps being phased out, especially in orthopedics. No, but um, in, in like uh, GI or OBGYN or um, oncology reps, things like that. And I, I can see possibly maybe, you know, it's a, it's a smaller footprint of what they need to bring into the OR those fields might get affected, but I can't see orthopedics. Orthopedics is always going to need a rep in the room. So again, surgeries really, I can't, that just cannot happen without uh, the efforts of, uh, of a small army across the country, across the world, actually. Right. That, that, that do what they do. Right. And another thing we like to talk about in the show is investing. So do you, your company, or is your company into AI at all? Do you see them as, um, Yes. Okay. Because you have these instruments, yeah, I was wondering. So are you traded publicly? Yes. Okay, you're traded yeah, publicly. Yeah, yeah. Right. I work for a company. I work for Johnson & Johnson. That's what I work for. Um, and yes, they're publicly traded. And, you know, you can find them on there, yeah. Um, a lot of these companies are. A lot of them are not. But um, yes, it is publicly traded to answer your question. Right. So when you look at that, right? So if you look at Johnson & Johnson, and I'm looking like towards the future technology, even I think Johnson & Johnson is coming out with a vaccine real soon, right? The clinical trials are out. I yeah, think. I believe so. I'm not too I'm not too versed in in, in that whole side of things, but uh, they're working. They're presently working on a vaccine that I know about, but um, that doesn't give me. I I know just a, <laughs> just right. as much right. about it as you do. <laughs> right, right. Do you see the way the trends are and the way things are going with the technology, the way it is now, and the way it will be for the future? If you see a couple companies, and I know you don't see your job phasing away. 
but like a lot of these transportation jobs and things like this and the crunch. And I also see, like you said, robotics are helping out surgeons. So I think 10, 15 years, there might be more AI technology helping out surgeons. So at some point, we're going to need less surgeons if this is going on. I mean, you might have a few to sit in on an operation or whatever the case may be. Do you feel like uh, there is um, devices or and or companies something coming to the future that would be a solid investment there, for somebody? You know, just to speak of your, your opinions. Obviously, this is not financial advice. Uh, there's always going to be one. Uh, there's always going to be a need for a human interaction within a surgery. All robots are or these robot. Even though it's AI, these robots they only work. Uh, there's a human behind pressing the buttons. <laughs> you, know, you don't the, think the, the you don't think the human makes the machine better over time? No, the, 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 not like that. I mean, you still have to. I'm I mean, certain. Is this, things, is this yeah. a code though, right? Is this a code, pretty much, right? No, it is. I mean, I think a certain thing, certain aspects of healthcare. Yes. So, for instance, if you're looking yeah. at a tumor on a breast cancer patient and you put, you know, a million different uh, tumor variations or, or X-ray shots. You know, within an AI system that'll be able to more accurately predict who's going to get cancer and who's not. I do right. think that that's where AI can serve a purpose in healthcare, things like that. But there's still going to be versus having just surgeons look at X-rays and trying to uh, 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 predict a prognosis or di- excuse me a diagnosis for it. So yes, AI is going to be involved in. I think I think there's the AI is going to be mainly involved in artificial intelligence is going to be mainly involved in diagnosing. And prognosing and providing a prognosis for uh, uh, certain types of diseases, things like that. But robotics, not necessarily, isn't just because it's robotics doesn't mean it's going to be AI. Robotics is always going to have a human touch to it, a human controlling things, a human telling it where to cut, where to where where to pick up, where to uh, 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 where to clean up, you know, where to uh, ablate. Things so like that. It's basically, it's, it's a machine with a, a, a with a steady hand or a more precise uh, correct. eye, right? Correct, correct, yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, correct, yep. Yeah. And that's just robotics. That's always, and then the AI. So, like I said, is just going to be able to probably diagnose things yeah, a lot. The technology quicker. of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, I don't know in the future what happens when they combine it too. Think that ever happens? Maybe, maybe uh, not. The robotics I mean, with the uh, with the uh, artificial intelligence. I think there's a lot of ethical issues. That'll gonna, that's going to arise with that. Like, who's going to be if say something does happen that that's not supposed to? Who's going to be liable for it? Well, you, you know, know then, like then, yeah, I guess. But then we can look mm-hmm. into insurances, I guess, right? Because what's I look at so examples I look at, right? Uh, there was a point in time when everybody said, "You're driving a car, you're going to get that, you're going to kill yourself," right? Mm-hmm. When everybody was on horses, right? Mm-hmm. That didn't stop us from going to cars, and now everybody's saying, "I never drive in a." autonomous car because they're going to hit somebody on the road yeah that's yeah. probably true you're going to have a lot of that but eventually we are going to that right i would say well, I, yeah i would say but i I definitely i i would agree with you there but also i don't think that's going to happen probably within our lifetime the car is not going to happen or the surgery no 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 the surgery the cars okay. are definitely going to happen the cars are easier you know to uh, uh to automate surgery there's a lot of different variables way too many variables to calculate you know that require a human mind uh, to solve, and I think obviously AI will get better with time, um, but I think that time is going to take you know a generation or so. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So, as we come to a close, I want to thank you for coming on, Justin. We appreciate yeah. the time that you gave us and uh, all your expertise. You got anything you want to um, share with us? No, just um, you know, take care of yourselves. 
Take your vitamins, work out, drink water. COVID is real. COVID is COVID is real. <laughs> COVID, COVID is, is real. COVID is real. Yeah. But just just try to you well, know just take it take care of yourselves. That's well, all, that's well, you live in part. Arizona, right? So COVID yeah, is not yeah. that real out there, is it? Oh, nobody, it is. Nobody wearing mask out there, right? It's not they, like they, that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's funny you say that. I mean, they just shut down elective surgeries on January first. So we're we're uh, we're going through our 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 second storm out here. They they shut down electives back in I believe June, May June. And now they're about to start shut down electives again um, on uh, on Thursday. Excuse me, on Friday. So okay. Friday, so January. Somebody 1st. being in sales yeah. like yourself, right? All these yeah. places are getting shut down, right? You can't sell this. You cars are still selling. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. You're selling devices. What What do you say just to stay afloat? You know, to keep afloat, right? If you can't sell anything right now, what is what do you do? You know, yourself as a you know um, a salesperson, and you know through through life through time, right? You've been in sales and been able to sell things. What yeah. advice would you have for somebody right now that's in sales that can't sell right now because of COVID? Well, I think that they should take this free time to find an, um, another craft, find another uh, potential source of income for them. You know, there's, I think sales applies to all things. I think you could be an IT specialist, but you still need to have sales. Sales is just communication. Sales is just relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm I'm a person of relationships, and as long as you're able to to have relationships and cultivate new relationships, you'll you always have a place in this world, and you're always, you know, uh, be able to make a couple dollars if you need to. So that's true. That's the key. That's true. That's key. You can say that one again, right? If you mm-hmm. if you're able to cultivate relationships, mm-hmm. you always have a place in this world, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's definitely true. Well, all right, Curb. I'm a um. Right now, we'll wrap it up for all the listeners. This was episode 11 of the Tom West Show. You just got expert advice on COVID, right? Some, well, yeah. not expert advice on COVID, but you you know, you just got some real advice on devices and how certain uh, surgeries, how they happen, how they elected, how you, how you get your uh, equipment. So with that being said, we are uh, going to bring everything to a wrap. All right. I appreciate your time. I, you take care of yourself, man. God bless. All right. Later. Later.